Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clint. Did you just bail? No, I didn't bail. Oh, your video cut out and then your audio cut out. Oh, no, no. What happens is when I click record, it'll go off for a second. I'm a little buzzed as shit right now, so this is going to be an interesting episode. So we'll start at 15. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Quarter Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my sidekick, Mr. Kevin Langley. We have an interesting – it's going to be a shorter show today, you know, because, you know, and we have our NFL draft special, round two. Mr. Mark Riley is going to be stopping by. You know, me and him love the draft, so it's going to get interesting. We got busts. We got sleepers. We got late-round studs. We've got our quarter, our position rankings. I did my mock draft last week. I'm going to do another one in two weeks right before the draft. I'm not going to bombard you guys with that stuff. This is all about rankings, where I got guys going. But right now, we got some NFL news, actually, Kev. So, first off, the All-Decade team was announced today. Um, Kev, I'm going to read them off to you all quick. So, on offense, quarterbacks were Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Receivers were Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. Tight ends, this is where I had a little issue. It was Gronk and Travis Kelsey. I think this should have been somebody else instead of Kelsey. Um, Jason Peters, my man. Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, Joe Thomas' tackles, guards, Jari Evans, Logan Mankins, Zach Martin, Marshigande, no complaints there. Uh, Alex Mag, Marquise Pouncey. I think you could have put um, Jason Kelsey instead of Pouncey. That's no bias. Just Kelsey's just a better player. Period. Um, running backs: Gore, Lynch, McCoy, Peterson. No surprise at all. Darren Sproles the flex, which I love. Show love to the little guy. Calais, on defense, Calais Campbell, Jer- Jordan Cameron, Cameron Jordan, sorry. It's, that's, a, that's a whole theme from an episode of the league, which is hysterical to me. Julius Peppers and J.J. Watt are the ends. Atkins, Cox, Donald, Sue, no surprise there for D-tackles. Line, inside linebackers, Keith Clean, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis, all future Hall of Famers, no, dis- no problem there. Outside linebackers are Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, all Hall of Famers, no, de- no arguments there. Cornerbacks, Patrick Peterson, Darrell Revis, Richard Sherman. Once again, no complaints there. Safety is my boy Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle, 
Weddle, well, I could debate a little bit. I think maybe you could put Malcolm Jenkins or possibly uh, Ed Reed, because Ed Reed still didn't play at that point. And then uh, miscellaneous defensive backs were Tyron Matthew and Chris Harris, which I love them both. Um, Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, and, J- and J.J. Watt were all unanimous selections. So were Joe Thomas, Tom Brady, and Marshall Yonza, and Adrian Peterson. Um, for specialists, Hecker and Leckler were the punters. Giskowski and Justin Tucker were kickers. Returners were Tyreek Hill, Kev's boy, and my boy Darren Sproles. Let's not associate me with Tyreek. <laughs> He's your fair player in Madden. Like, I have D- DK, you have Tyreek. In Madden only. Do not approve Ma- off-field stuff. <laughs> yeah, Kev's trying to keep his PR license clean. All right. Kick returners, we have Devin Hester and Cordell Patterson. Once again, no no complaints there. The only unanimous selection for special teamers was Justin Tucker. The coaches, no, Bill Belichick, no surprise. Pete Carroll, I would have put Andy Reid ahead of him, but that's just my opinion. I think it's the the multiple Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, but that also is talent more than coaching. You yeah, saw what yeah. happened when he made wrong coaching decisions in clutch situations. Yeah. So, Kev, surprises, snubs. What you got? You got any beef with this poll at all? Um, not really. I've seen some people mad about Breeze and Rogers. I think, I think either way, people are going to be mad. There's real no wrong choice you could make there. We had our former co-host, Savannah Dean, weigh in, and she went through the numbers. But then again, she forgot the biggest one um, overall record. But, you know, also, Breezy Rogers also was injured like half of this decade, so. Which I think should be a knock against him if you can't stay on the field. Yeah, like, everyone gives my boy Carson credit, but the OG of being injured for an entire decade is Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think I also would, oh, I would sorry. have put Breeze at the quarterback, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought about it. The only issue with Breeze at quarterback is a lot of his stats are also from before the decade. True. Rodgers, not so much, but also, I mean, the records he's broken are ridiculous. Oh, I know. I also think you can make an argument, maybe, this is going to be a little biased, for McCourty at safety. I wouldn't put no because there's like three. I would put Cam Chancellor or uh, Malcolm Jenkins before him. Or the miscellaneous defensive back section. I think you could put McCordy in there. Yeah, you can put McCordy. I would give you miscellaneous. I'd put him ahead of um, Chris Harris. Because I mean, he started his career as a cornerback, led the league in interceptions that year, then forgot to play cornerback and switched over to safety. Yeah. So. Also, I mean, only two Pro Bowls, but three. Second team All Pros, two time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, um, I have a few beefs, so we'll uh, we'll get rock and rolling on that. Uh, my first one is for one. I, I'm very uh, disappointed that I, I I already said I would have had Andy Reid over uh, Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll has proven in clutch moments he makes mistakes. His own Super Bowl win, his team was so dominant that honestly, Kev, you and me could have coached that game. It was that bad. Um, also, I would have even possibly put a third slot for quarterback for Russell Wilson. 
I would have I would have done Roger uh, Brady Breeze Wilson. I think Russell Wilson got snubbed on this because that man has had like no receivers for most of his career. Yeah, I mean, I would put Roger. If you're not gonna put Roger second, I would have him third still. I don't know. Like, I'm more of the Rogers was Rogers was so hyped up camp because when I look at Rogers through the years, I'm just like. Yeah, but the way y'all talk him up, he should be leading the league in touchdowns every year. Uh, for tight ends, for tight ends, I think Ertz should be up there above Kelsey. When you said you had beef with the tight end section, I was about to say, you better not mean Gronk. No, Gronk is one of the top ten greatest tight ends of all time, regardless of what of skill set. Top ten minimum. He's like a top three tight end. Top five. Because some of the guys from the older days are were just like freaks of nature, but he was a freak of nature. Zach Ertz not only broke the record for receptions by a tight end, he also basically has been the leading receiver on his team for the last three years. Also, because High Roseman can't find a receiver that stays healthy, but Travis Kelsey, I think his numbers are inflated only because of Mahomes, and he honestly can't block for shit. Where Gronk and, and Ertz are known for the run blocking. So that's why I had a little beef with that one. Um, other than that, the running backs, I thought they hit the nail on the head. Because when I think of running backs the last 10 years, I do think of Peterson, McCoy, Lynch, and Gore. I mean, yeah, you had CJ 2K for a year or two. You had uh, Jamal Charles have his big year. But when you want to really talk about like all-time teams – because this is what it really comes down to. Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, all are going to be in Canton in about five years, six years, wherever they retire. So I have no problem with this at all. I also love that they put Darren Sproles a flex because he's such a unique talent for what he was. He was the best Swiss Army knife tool in NFL history. I was lucky I got to see him play life. I, I was very happy about that. I agree with everything you said. I don't have an issue with the running backs list. I don't think LaShawn McCoy is a Hall of Famer. I do. 1,200 yards rushing, or at least he's about to get it. Um, He's been in the top 10 rushing, I think, what was like six out of his like 10 years in the league. I would put him over Lynch. I I don't know. I just... Lynch's hype is his off-field stuff. Where McCoy stays quiet half the time, the only big thing he ever got in trouble was when his ex-wife tried to steal his kid away from him. Or it was some, some kind of scandal. But the receivers, this is where I actually was very excited. They hit this 100% to me. Antonio Brown, up until this year, was one of the best receivers of football. No question. Larry Fitzgerald has been doing it great since 2004. I have no complaints there. Calvin Johnson is the most dominant receiver I've ever watched in my life. And Julio Jones is the most talented receiver I've ever watched in my life. Besides Randy Moss. So, I have no issue with that. On defense, yeah, that was my, my only issue was that I think they should have replaced the, the safeties. I don't think Eric Well or Chris Harris belong there, but I don't know who I'd replace them with. You could say McCordy, Jenkins, because Jenkins, since oh, I think it was since 2012, has been like one of the most – is one a top five safety. You could also throw in um, – Oh God, I can't think of the guy's name right now. It's what, but you know what I'm saying. I think Weddle also. I think Weddle's stats are kind of Weddle is kind of a 
product of having good safeties next to him. Earl Thomas should have been on that list. Oh, he's on the list. Wow. I am, I, I am like, losing my stuff right now. Some people are saying Levante David should be on there for um, tight or linebackers. He only had two good years. Yeah, but they're like, oh, he has more tackles than Keekley, has more this than Keekley, has more that than Keekley. Like, yeah, but you're not. But, yeah, but Thomas Davis honestly deserves it more than Levante David. Yeah, and also Keekley's defensive player of the year has a rookie, um, rookie of the year for defense. Has played in a Super Bowl. Keekley's going to Canton. Yes, Levante David, David is going to be like a fourth ballot max. Or he's going to get in like Ken Stabler got in in like 40 years. They're going to go, oh, yeah, he was okay. Let's put him in. Although I think Ken Stabler was better than okay, but that's how I see Levante David getting in. No, I see. I hear you. Um, That's basically for the NFL all-time team. I actually – I thought it was was a pretty solid list, honestly. I could have been a little more pissed off. I am a little irritated that you thought Lynch has a better Hall of Fame prospect than McCoy. I think it's a little irritable. But we'll get we'll get to that later. Um, the NFL announced today virtual draft. We kind of expected that was going to happen. Um, I'm excited for the draft. Me and Kev, uh, Kev knows how much I love. I texted Kev three times today about the draft tape I was watching. Yeah, it, it was fun while I was trying yeah, to work. I also found um, Josh Gordon 2.0, but without the drugs. So I'll reveal that when we talk draft later. But we have also we have Mark Riley come on. I also will have a changed mock draft for next week. But um, I also like it, you know what I do think the NFL has been ahead of this still. They've always made the best steps this whole time through Corona, the whole COVID nineteen issue. They've made the they've always made the smart calculated moves. I'm actually, I gotta give the NFL credit. Roger Dillon's team. From start to fi- from from now until from the start till now, I mean we still have another probably two months, month and a half, three whatever it is with this virus. Has made the smartest decisions out of all the leagues. Where you see Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball, they've kind of been like the reactor. They've they've been like kind of in the middle. And you see you have the NBA who's like, I wouldn't say overly paranoid because you can never be overly paranoid during a pandemic, but the NBA is like the doom and gloom where the NFL is like, all right, everyone stay calm. We find a way around this. So nobody gets infected. We still go as business as usual. They are also in the biggest, they are also in the best situation of all the leagues because their off season is currently happening right now. But the virtual draft makes sense. Honestly, the draft has become a spectacle, but I'm still going to watch. Even if it's all virtual, Kev, you'll still see me with my six pack of twisted tea sitting right there on my bed, watching it there, texting you repeatedly, or I might have you go on an Xbox Live party with me so I can bitch to you about draft picks. Um, Ooh, we should uh, we should live stream that or record it or something. Yeah, I actually will, like, I'll do, like, a like a free trial of um, Hulu Live just to do that. I might even sign up for that because I, I have no live TV right now, but I'm, I'll definitely do that. I think the NFL, NFL app streams live on my, my uh, Xbox. I have to look that up. Anyway. Um, but I'm excited for the draft. I think the NFL handled this perfectly because it's this way. It sends the message like we do care about coronavirus. We are taking the necessary steps, but we are going business scheduled. Hopefully by August, this will be up where we can get guys in the building for training camp. Like 
rookie camp. It might be like the strike season, basically. That's what I think this is going to be. Where it may be, I think this time, because Kevin brought up, we might have it delayed a week or two. Whereas week week one of the NFL season is like September 23rd, and the Super Bowl is like February 23rd, which actually might be lit because President's Day weekend. And if I can like not have to go to work the day after the Super Bowl, that'd be awesome. But imagine if that's how it turns out, and then the league goes, "That's actually genius." Now more people watch the Super Bowl. We're just gonna do that from now on. Yeah, like or they move it up. They they like they they move it to like the second week of September. They add an extra bye week so these guys can recover. I'm all for two bye weeks a season and starting the season a week, like moving the back a week, having to go to President's Day. Because you know why? Dude, like, that's great. There's nothing to do. Playoff football in February is fine. I don't give a sh- I don't give a crap. There's nothing in February. Not- February is like the dead zone of, of sports. College basketball doesn't get interesting until the last week of February. Major League Baseball doesn't even start getting interesting until mid-March. And on top of that, the only reason February is so interesting in sports this year is because we had the coronavirus basically shut everything down like a week before my birthday. So I think next year this should be a good idea. I think it, it should really happen. I'm all for this. But um, I think, though, you I – think, I think it's easy to say, oh, the NFL is doing the best because you mentioned it. But this is their – like the very beginning of their offseason is when this started happening. Yes. Baseball was gearing up for their season to start. The NHL and the NBA were both in the middle of their seasons. It's, they are they are also the how do I say the profiteers of circumstance or like the opportunists of circumstance, where like they took advantage of the situation to the best of what they could. So where they're still not losing revenue, yes. There isn't all the pageantry and craziness of the NFL draft this year. But it's still GMs making phone calls. It basically could happen how me and you are communicating. I'm Howie Roseman. All right, Joe, we're uh, we're taking Denzel Mims with the 21st pick. And Roger Goodell in a miscellaneous podium somewhere in New York. The Philadelphia Eagles select Denzel Mims, wide receiver, Baylor. Or the Eagles have trade up for the 11th pick, uh, Jerry Judy, Alabama, it's it's what's gonna that's how it's gonna go and honestly that's fine for now. I loved what Nashville, I guess Dallas they kind of sucked and Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the first crazy draft. Oh Chicago killed it too. Chicago, Philly, and Nashville did amazing drafts. I loved it every second of it. It was fun, but at the end of the day you can't do it right now. This works for me too. I'm all for this move. It's smart. Uh, you no, already on to the uh, NBA Hall of Fame, or you got one more point? I got one more point about these leagues. I'm excited to see if the NHL and the NBA stick to their bylaws. Because the NBA has a bylaw that if the season is canceled after April 1st, whoever has the best record at the time wins the championship. It's the Boston Celtics, isn't it? It's the Lakers. Oh, so the Lakers, according to their bylaws, the Lakers would win. And according to the NHL bylaws, when the season's canceled, whoever has the most points wins the Stanley Cup. Boston Bruins. It is the Bruins. But I think if that happens, both championships had better have a big old asterisk next to them. Oh, totally. Like asterisk under playoffs not played, season canceled due to coronavirus. 
I also liked the idea of doing a televised tournament in Vegas with all the precautions, no fans, just television crew. And honestly, I'd be for it for the NFL, for the NBA at least. The NHL is a little different story. The NHL is looking for neutral sites, neutral sites to play their games. Uh, one was New Hampshire, Manchester. And I forget the other one. I think the other one was somewhere in Toronto. I don't like both of those. I think if they're going to do a neutral site thing, it has to be in the middle of nowhere. So like Omaha, Nebraska, basically. Omaha, Nebraska. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Basically, the, the like the lawless, like nobody cares town of America. Vegas, there's enough people that live there. People are going to go. Manchester, New Hampshire is right by Boston. People will go. Even if they can't go to the games, they will be there. Because people are stupid. I, it would be a police barricade. Yeah, they can't shut down a whole town, though. That's the issue. Danbury, Connecticut. <laughs> There's That's an NHL eight. regulate. My buddy Tim plays in an NHL regulated ice rink there. It will work. That'd be way too close to New York and Boston. True. All right. I got it. Idaho. There's no team in Seattle. Who's the... Coach, or who's the player? I forget who. Who suggested the NBA finishes their season on a cruise ship? I think it was uh, the guy from Brooklyn, right? Uh, it was a former player. I forget who. All right, we'll look it up. But all right, the NBA uh, Hall of Fame class was announced. I am a very happy man because my two favorite basketball players of all time were both included in this draft class. Uh, Tim Duncan. Big fundamental. Not one of my top two, but I respected the man dearly. And the big ticket, Kevin Garnett, my all-time favorite basketball player, my second favorite athlete of all time, and the GOAT, or at least GOAT Jr., second greatest player of all time in basketball history, the late, great Mamba Kobe Bryant, my third favorite athlete of all time, were uh, part of the draft class along with various uh, – Coaches, referees, NBA coach, WNBA coaches. Um, Chris Bosh, not involved, but I think Chris Bosh is probably going to be a second ballot. I am so happy that not only Brian got, Garnett got in, because Garnett being my favorite, one of my favorite athletes growing up, it's like a dream to hear him going to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the top three greatest power forwards of all time. Uh, with Kobe Bryant, it's almost kind of – I don't know how to summarize it. Kevin knows how much I love Kobe. Um, I literally have Mama mentality in the 8 and 24 written on my gym shoes to remind remind me of him. Um, but I think it's bittersweet hearing that Kobe's going to the Hall of Fame. Because, um, you know, he passed away four years ago. I mean, four months ago. And it's three, basically. And it, it's, you know, still painful to talk about. But um, I think it's fitting. Arguably the second greatest basketball player ever to walk the earth. Five titles, 15-time All-Star. I think it was 11-time All-Defensive Team. Finals MVPs. It To me, hearing Kobe going to the Hall of Fame this year, first ballot, no question. It, it's kind of a... 
a nice silver lining to all this that's gone on. And um, hearing his daughter and Savannah, like, I mean, not hearing his daughter and uh, I can't remember the other one's name is. I can't even name right now, but Vanessa and their da- their other daughter talking about it on a sports center was or a nice touch for Kevin Garnett. Big ticket, man. He's the best trash talker in NBA history. Big um, Tim Duncan, three NBA titles, pops Golden Boy, or four NBA titles, right with with uh, the Spurs. Um, 99, 99, 03, 07, 4, yeah, 4. So, so five. yeah. 5. 99, 03, 05, 07, 14. I oh, I forgot about 05. That's right. They beat, uh, beat what's-his-face? They beat, um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, what? Did the Pistons make it and then lose? Yeah. Yeah, it was 04, 05 they lost. It was like the all-defensive uh, NBA Finals. So, yeah, I forgot about 05. But, um, yeah, five NBA titles along with Bryant. Tim Duncan, obviously a top 10 all-time player. Garnett, top 15. Bryant, top three. What do you got to say? It's one of the best Hall of Fame classes we've had in a while. Yeah, I mean, none of those guys are surprising. Kobe dying sad, but like he's not one of those guys where they he died and like okay, we'll put him in. Like really, he might wait. Kobe was getting in first ballot regardless. Um, also, thank God Kevin McHale decided that he wanted to do Boston a little favor, gave him KG nice gift wrap. Yeah, I think that ring, like I think he was gonna be a first ballot anyway. That ring made him a surefire first ballot. What did bug me is that everyone I like for it like for every two Timberwolf pictures of him when like they, they posed him as Timberwolf, they posed him as a Celtic, and I'm like, that's just wrong, guys. Timberwolves were his team. He played for them for the most years. That was where he's known for. That's where he made his career. Yeah, he won his title with the Celtics, but he only played there for three, four, uh, four years. Kev, four years, right? Six. Six. Felt like shorter. I don't know. I mean, I, as a 11-year-old kid, was heartbroken when he got traded to the Celtics. No, 12-year-old kid. Was, like, heartbroken when he got traded to the Celtics. It was, like, bittersweet watching him win his title, but... I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame as a Timberwolf. I'm not saying that, but he had just as many career accolades, minus the MVP, as he did in Minnesota when he was in Boston. Fair enough. Uh, like, I also think that, but like, I guess one of the happiest moments of my life was when I, I was a sophomore in college, and I get some. T- I, I see Sports Center. Uh, Kevin Garnett traded for Thaddeus uh, Thaddeus Young to the Timberwolves from the the Brooklyn Nets, and I like, Kev, I cried, man. I was so excited. I was so happy. Um, I didn't even care if we were only playing there for like forty five games. I didn't care. Like, I was so ecstatic that he was coming back to Minnesota to finish his career. It didn't do anything for us except for, like, kind of mold towns a little bit, but, like, still. Yeah, I mean, it was the right move to make. You want that guy to finish his career in Minnesota. 
Kind yeah, of a shame. I, they got bought for salary cap infractions his first time around. Couldn't get him any help. Oh, uh, you know, it, 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 here's it's the issue. It's the NBA, sorry, now they have the soft cap, which is a great thing. But honestly, I can't complain to him at this NBA class. It's it's phenomenal. Um, Kev, you got some weird stuff in sports for me? I do. So I'm big on not drafting running backs high. You know that, Jared. You know my hatred of running backs and how they're a dime a dozen. You get a decent one in the second or third round. Shut up, Kevin. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't be drafting quarterbacks high either. The quarterbacks drafted in the top five since 1999, half of them have a losing record. Only four of them have won more than 60% of their games, 60% or more. Only two of them have won MVP. Only one of them has won a ring. There are multiple rings in his case. And only two have been to the Pro Bowl five times. None of them, those are the same players, by the way. Like, they they were fine quarterbacks, but I don't... Because if that's the best of the best for quarterbacks... I think that's also kind of scary, shows how bad NFL quarterbacks can be a bust. Yeah. Because, I mean, there were probably guys taking the third and fourth round who were even worse. And here's the issue is we talk about um, my boy Cowherd, who, like, is like, oh, there hasn't been a bust in years. I'm like, Paxton Lynch, that's it. And he goes, but he also has to realize at the end of the day, what do you consider a starting a quarter a good quarterback at this point, Kevin? Honestly, to me, I want a quarterback who's going to get me at least a chance at a title, stays relatively healthy, and is a asset to my offense. So, I wouldn't consider Alex Smith, Eli Manning, post 2011, or you know any of these middle Dak Prescott. I wouldn't consider an, an asset. Sorry. Hiccups, folks. Sorry. Uh, Basically, do you have to game plan for that quarterback? So, Wentz, Wilson, Breeze, Brady, Big Ben, Deshaun Watson, uh, those guys you have to game plan for. Even Matt Ryan to a certain extent. But Dak, Andy Dalton... Ryan Tannehill, you don't have to game plan for these guys. And I think that is where the whole issue of drafting a quarterback, when we look at the top, I already told Kevin off camera what my top five quarterbacks were. And I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be anything better than a game manager with a little bit of spark. So basically he's Dak Prescott because he will have where he's going. He's the lowest ceiling out of all these guys. I think he's a little better than Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak Prescott was never projected to be the number one overall pick. I think Joe Burrow's better. But I think, depending on what you're looking for in a quarterback, Joe Burrow's a fine option. He might not have the highest ceiling, but I think his bust potential is a lot lower than all those other guys. True. I think with Joe Burrow, you know what you're getting, and you know he'll be able to produce at least okay, and you know he's smart enough to not lose you a game with his with throwing bad picks. 
I think that's what I would look for in a quarterback. Yes, you want the guy who can make big plays, but you also don't necessarily want a guy who's going to throw the game away. I don't like the gunslinger mentality quarterbacks. I wouldn't want Brett Favre as my quarterback. I wouldn't want Patrick Mahomes to an extent, but at this point, he's not necessarily as bad. He doesn't throw picks really. But guys like that who are just kind of like Eli when OBJ was there, like, oh, fuck it. OBJ somewhere. I want a guy who's going to make smart plays, know how to read a defense. So more Brett Favre and Eli when Eli had good receivers. That's what I want a quarterback necessarily. I don't really care for the boom plays. Then again, I grew up watching Tom Brady my whole life. I grew up watching McNabb, Vic, and Wentz. And Bradford. Gunslingers. You also watched Kevin Cole. For four games. (laughs) Don't you dare disrespect my mans like that. Kevin Cobb, for, for, proper way to pronounce his name, Kevin Cobb play, started two games in my career for Philadelphia. The first one, he was, like, awful. Awful. And then Mike Vick came in and almost led Philadelphia to come back. And then his only other game was when Vick was uh, – his only other game was when McNabb was hurt. And he lit up the Tennessee Titans. That's where everyone thought he was going to be, like, a star. But everyone forgot how bad – or it might have been Miami. I can't remember where they played that year. It was the year where McNabb got hurt against the Panthers, breaking his ribs, basically diving into the end zone. Anyway, quarterbacks are weird. They're impossible to figure out half the time. So we're going to get into the last call. So, Kevin, let's kick that smooth jazz. Um, I asked Kevin before the show, what are your top five favorite sports movies? You are allowed two honorable mentions – Mr. Langley, you have the floor. How are we doing this? Am I going through all of them and then you're going through all yours? Yes. Okay. My honorable mentions are 42. I love that movie. And it's probably not really in anyone else's top seven this is, I guess. But um, A League of Their Own. It's a good... It, no, it's probably in people's top tens. It's just, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just watch it all the time growing up with my sister. She played sports, so she loved that movie. Fair enough. No, I'm not I'm not locking it all. Number five, Matt, um, We Are Marshall. That movie made me cry, dude. I, I also just love some Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Uh, number four, Field of Dreams. Great movie. I, so I think it's overrated, but I respect it. I love that movie. I love the Fenway Park scene, and I love the fact that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were in that scene. Number three, Remember the Titans. Love that movie, but it could have been higher. Could I really struggle in my top three? All right. Number two is Miracle. My sister watches it all the time. Like I'll go downstairs and it'll be on half the time. Also, I hate communists, so just a easy pick. And then number one, I, I'm probably gonna take some heat for this. Major League. I know. I kind of had a feeling because you own a uh, you own a Wild Thing Vaughn jersey. As he pulls it out on camera, I love it. You know what? I, I don't knock it. I've seen Major League once in my life, and I thought it was a great movie. Um. 
one my favorite movie sports movie of all time is in your top five so it's a good sign so for honorable mentions rocky and invincible rocky come on it, it it's the spirit of philadelphia it makes so much sense that song is iconic invincible it's a story about a fellow eagles player who walks onto the team and scores a touchdown and also it's probably on mark Wahlberg. come on um number five moneyball I love the analytics. I love the sports. I love all of the... I think Brad Pitt did a great job. I love all of the... How do I put it? Just the baseball lingo of it. I love, like, you know, everything from, like, the authentic, like... Like... uh, How do you say the word? The authentic acting who they portrayed, Jeremy Giambi, David Justice. I love... How Brad Pitt played Billy Bean and Scott Hadford played my boy Chris Pratt. Great movie. Number four, Glory Road. Kev, you remember Glory Road? Oh, yeah. Loosely. Yeah. I saw that movie four times. I saw it in theaters with my buddy back when we were kids. We both loved basketball. I still think it's one of the best basketball movies of all time. I actually put it ahead of Hoosiers because I just, I, Hoosiers kind of just, eh, to me. I love Glory Road. I love it. It's had so much of a cultural impact of what the actual story was talking about. Number three is Creed. I love this series so much. It is amazing to me. The first time I watched Creed, when he, the training scenes got me so amped up and the Michael B. Jordan, Ryan Coogler did a great job with it. Number two is Creed 2. Now, there's never been a movie has made me jump up in my seat and yell and cheer. When Creed knocked out Drago in Creed 2, I like jumped out of my seat. The movie is so emotional and manipulative. It keeps you on the edge of your seat the entire time. I bought it on Blu-ray the day it released. The only reason it didn't do that well is because it came out right around the time of all the superhero movies. It is a great movie. It's better than the first one, and the first one's amazing. It's... Just a well-done movie, and I honestly think the three one and two are better than the Rocky franchise. I'll say it. I don't care. And number one, Kev hit it on the hill at his at three. Remember the Titans? Denzel Washington plays a great... I just... It's my favorite football movie of all time by a mile. I love everything about it from the training camp scene, the whole theme of being together and playing as a a team. I love... The final play when they do the end around to Rev. I love Sunshine. You know, the strong side, weak, the strong side, left side thing with uh, Bertier and, um, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. But I remember the Titans. I watch it once once a year and I love it. It's amazing. It's just an amazing movie. Thank God it's on Disney Plus. I'll probably watch it this week. But that's my top five for this. What? I might just watch it after this. Remember the Titans? Yeah. I'm watching Creed 1 after this. I just bought it on Blu-ray. It just came in the mail yesterday, the other day. Um, but also, it's Julius. Julius, yeah. thank you. I couldn't think of the guy's name. I knew it began with a J, but I'm like, is it Jamie? No, Jordan. I, I couldn't think of it. My other album mention would have been Space Jam because I love the sneakers in it. I love just it, Looney Tunes, Michael Jordan. Come on. And also, LeBron James can go jump in a hole for what he's going to do to Space Jam, too. Yeah. All right. So, Kev, we said we'd reveal um one bust and what you're going to reveal a bust. I'm going to reveal a stud. Kevin, who is your bust you're revealing for next week, 
for for the NFL draft. So I don't think it's a too hot of a take, but I think it's a really hot take coming from me. All right, so okay, who is who in your bus? It's not a too hot take, but coming from me, it is a very hot take. And my bust is Henry Ruggs. Like I said, not a super hot take. Like, other people probably feel that way. But the last couple wide receivers coming out who speed was their main thing, the last one I can think of is John Ross. He had injury problems, yes, but also his game wasn't complete. Nowhere near complete. I think he's going to be a good receiver this year now AJ Brown, AJ Green's healthy, but... True, but I'm also a little concerned about Ruggs's 40 time. Not the time itself, but he was slow getting off the line in that. That's you why are he, actually right. His first step looked like it was it was like almost like dragging a little bit. You need a fast first step in the NFL. Now a coach might fix it, but I don't think he's going to have the immediate impact that people think he is. Also, the NFL has some of the best athletes in the world. I think he's not going to look nearly as fast against NFL DBs. No, he won't. I think that was a 40-time, 40-time. It was an actual game speed. Whereas I would take Jerry Judy's game speed where that dude gets off the line two steps and he's gone. My sleeper, who is going to be arguably the second or third best receiver in this draft, is Denzel Mims. Now... I watched tape on this guy all day today. I have another uh, another sleeper I'm going to tell you guys about next week. Mar- later in the week, Mark Riley com- makes his return. What I love about Mims, his pro comp to me is Josh Gordon. Big, physical, gets off the line, runs routes well, good above the rim, good downfield. He does everything right. Mims is faster. Mims is a little sm- shorter. Mims was a track star and basketball guy before he started playing fo- get really getting into football. His 40 time was a 4-3-9. And on top of that, Kevin, you know what I loved about his tape the most? What'd you love, Jared? I watched the Senior Bowl practice tape. Yes, I went that deep into the catalog. And I watched him take on other Senior Bowl corners. Only twice did he not get off the line clean and make the catch. Three times it won't count because the balls were thrown like crap. But every single time, off the ball clean, one is one-on-ones. It wasn't even fair. And his tape, because when you watch one-on-ones, that's the key. It's like, what? how does he do? Like, yeah, everyone scores touchdowns on their tapes. That's called editing. It's called, you know, what, how did he get open that well? Did the cornerback slip? When you watch one-on-ones, you see, is this guy good down to the bare bones thing? And to me, Denzel Mims is going to be the third best receiver in this draft behind Lamb and Judy. I think he's better than Jefferson. I think he's better than Ruggs. I honestly, if Philadelphia doesn't get one of the first two, I think they should just wait and go get Mims at 21. I think this kid is going to be a stud in the league. I think he's going to be a, a kind of a similar to the Gordon Metcalf mold. Big physical, gets downfield quickly. I love this kid's tape. Yeah, I also, mean, another sleeper, KJ Hamler. Guys, Deshaun Jackson 2.0. Did you say you're going to save that for next episode? I have three other I have three other like big surprise like like sleepers that like people should look into. But yeah, KJ Hamler is gonna be interesting. I don't know if he's gonna be like a sleeper, but he's gonna be an interesting piece. I think he's a better deep threat than Ruggs is. So yeah, that's our show. Actually went a little longer than we thought. We even had a surprise uh, sports center update and FaceTime call, so we'll you know edit those out. 
But um, Kevin, we'll uh, have Marky Mark back on Thursday or Friday, and we'll release the show afterward. Uh, I'm Jared. Hopefully, it won't take a week. Oh, hopefully. Hey, listen, I had so many meetings, I don't want to hear it. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.